On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I speak about why it's important to understand that you have to pick the discomforts you face in life and why when you're comparing yourself to others, you should never look up. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 176 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I share the lessons I wish I knew sooner. Think of this as me learning out loud, sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Now, can we just take a moment to appreciate that I've managed to do this? three weeks in a row. This is unheard of. It's like we're back in 2020. What a time to be alive. But like I said last week, and like I said the week before, not least because it's quite easy to do this when there's no video and all the other complexities I've stripped out. I just really want to be consistent with the podcast. It's like a little win each week when I sit down and I record this, that we're back and it's good and I'm glad. Not a lot to tell you about from a what I've been up to this week, to be honest. It's been a fairly uneventful one, but then I do want to share a few random thoughts with you, as I always do. So since we last spoke, really, I've just been in the office working. Um, we went to view a office in Cardiff yesterday. So if you watched the vlog, you would have heard me speak a few weeks ago about the idea that we're not actively looking to move office, but because we've been here for over five years now in this particular building, We're just kind of shopping around to see what's on the market, to see what's available in this price bracket, a little bit below, a little bit above, a little bit smaller, a little bit larger, kind of further from Cardiff, right in the center of Cardiff, just to see what's there, to see if anything feels like it's a really good option. And the office we viewed yesterday was good. It was definitely the best we've viewed so far in lots of ways. The setup itself I won't go into too much detail, but the setup itself isn't perfect. So we've emailed today the estate agent to speak to the landlord just to put a proposal to them, let's say. And if they accept that proposal or something similar, then we can think about it. If not, then it probably won't be the particular building for us to consider. But that's okay. So yesterday I basically just laptop clubbed in Cardiff for the day after that office viewing. So I didn't get a huge amount done. Today has been really productive, although I've just delayed filming next week's reels because I just can't be bothered today. I'm going to do them on Saturday. I've, I've planned them. I know they're going to be, but just not feeling sitting in front of a camera for 45 minutes and trying to be slightly charismatic, at least with the podcast. I can just sit here and you can't see me and it's okay. So that'll get done another time. And that's really it. Just been focusing this week on getting on with getting on. Lots of work done. Lots of planning happened for December. December is hectic. Like I've just been looking at my calendar, the number of podcast recordings and the amount of travel and the number of meetings and everything that I need to get done from a work perspective before I even consider personal stuff, before I even consider Christmas, right? And New Year, those things. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a very, very busy month. Um, I'm hoping that between Christmas and New Year, I can just kind of disappear for a few days, chill out, relax, reset. That would be helpful because January is also very busy for us in lots of ways. Uh, So we kind of changed our blend of clients this year, not even intentionally, just one of these things that happens, right? To the point where we're not going to be any less busy in January 
than we will be in December, which is unusual because we're normally very, very busy in December. And then January is kind of a breather. Whereas this year, looking at the timeline of certain projects, like it's just going to be straight through. It's going to be December, busy, hectic. January, busy. February, busy. So I really need those few days off in December. And now that we're in December, or at least we will be by the time you listen to this, I'm recording this on Thursday night, so it's technically still November for a few minutes, but we're in December by the time you hear this. So I'm thinking about December and I'm trying to work out where I can get a few days to just chill because I'm going to need it. And that's it from a bringing you up to speed perspective. I think I'm racking my brains and I don't think anything exciting has happened, but that doesn't mean, of course, that I don't have random things to share with you. So there are a couple of thoughts I want to share. And they've just been kind of pinging around in my head this week, for whatever reason. I don't know where these thoughts come from, but they do. And the first one is about discomfort, because at this age, so I'm just about to turn 28 in a couple of weeks, I look around me and the people I know from school, the people I know from kind of earlier years of life, can be split fairly reasonably into two camps. Yes, there are outliers. Yes, there are people that this rule doesn't apply to, but there are the people who are incredibly comfortable and content as they kind of ease their way towards 30. And then there are the people who are using this age bracket to push ahead, to really kind of go for it. And you can't categorize these people too clearly, right? Because I'm not suggesting that, for example, being settled down in a relationship means that you're comfortable. And I'm also not suggesting that being single means that you're pushing ahead. It's not as simple as that. It's more that There are some people who have kind of decided that this where they are now is essentially the upper limit of their life. Like this is where they're at. This is as far as they're going to push. And look, in the next few decades, they might get a promotion or two. They might get a pay rise. They might change their car. They might move into a bigger house or whatever, right? Have some kids. But it's it's kind of like, this is it. We're going to plod along from here. And this is the baseline that we've arrived at. And then there's a second group of people who just don't seem to accept that settling for comfort is necessary or is a good thing. And these people just seem to be pushing and pushing and pushing. And again, it's not right to suggest that because they're pushing, they're somehow unhappy or unsatisfied or not in a comfortable relationship or not owning a home. It's not like there are these clear, clear dividing lines. It's more of a mindset. It's more of an approach to life. And the thing which concerns me on behalf of those who have seemingly picked comfort that is just settling and allowing atrophy to set in as they kind of just live their life on this slow speed is that I don't think that there is such a thing as avoiding discomfort. I don't think that you can just pick one day to have comfort and then allow all of your decisions to be guided by that pretense because I think that in life you have to pick your discomforts, right? You can't avoid them. You can't avoid the uncomfortable things coming down the line because every decision you make has a outcome, right? For every action, there is a reaction. So like you can pick to eat healthily. It's a great example. Or you can pick not to, and therefore in turn, you're picking health issues further down the line, right? Once you get paid every month, you can pick to stick to a strict budget which, you know, isn't super comfortable in the moment because you might have things that you want to buy or want to do and you can't, or you're essentially picking debt and you're picking financial issues that will catch up with you. You can pick to hold yourself accountable and do the things you said you were going to do even on the days when you don't fancy it. Fairly 
uncomfortable. Or you can have this painfully underwhelming life pick you further down the line when you realise that the sum of 20 years of not doing the things that you said you were going to do and not having good habits and not living the life that you could have is that one day you'll wake up and look in the mirror and realise that you're not the person you could have been. That, to me, sounds a lot like discomfort. And I think what I see at this age, and I'm not sure if you're the same, but what I see is there are some people who realise that this game of life doesn't just stop one day, right? You can't just hit the pause button and kind of chill out, right? I think it's Alex Hormozy who says the aim of the game in life is to keep playing. And if you think that you can just opt out of discomfort, you have so much discomfort coming down the line. If you think that you can just stop and nothing will happen, like the amount of discomfort that will catch up with you, with your health, with your relationships, with your finances with your outcomes and frankly I think how you feel about yourself somewhere down the line there's that Chris Williamson quote isn't there which is something like true hell is when the person you could have been meets the person you are and I think that those who are just trying to avoid discomfort in the short term are those who are going to have to one day wake up and face that person they could have become and realize that it's not them realize that they didn't become the person they could have been. Their health isn't what it could have been, right? Their mental sharpness isn't what it could have been. The outcomes, the earnings, the connections, the people, the experiences, the things, if you want to go that shallow, are not what they could have been. And it all comes from thinking, making the mistake, the wrong assumption of assuming that you can avoid discomfort. You can't avoid discomfort. You can avoid it for a little while. Like if you wake up tomorrow and just decide to say, fuck it, I'm going to spend more money than I earn each month and I'm going to eat what I want when I want and I'm not going to look after my body and I'm not going to go for walks and I'm not going to keep in touch with distant friends and I'm not going to check in with myself and I'm not going to do all these good habits. For a while, you're going to avoid lots of discomfort. You'll live a really fun life. It'll be like pure hedonism and you'll be fine. But at some point, that discomfort will catch you up inevitably and it's like it's compounded, right? It's like avoiding that credit card bill. It doesn't go away. You can stop looking at it. You can, you know, delete the app from your phone. You can chop up the card and stop opening the envelopes and the statement comes through the door. But in the background somewhere, someone's still keeping track. Someone's still counting that debt and it's compounding and it's compounding. And one day you're going to open that envelope and it will be uncomfortable. And so I think that there's just a useful rule here, right? Which is that, and it's obvious, you already know this, but the things which feel uncomfortable in the moment, if you opt to do them, I think you'll be thankful in the future. Whereas if you decide to avoid them, if you ignore the things which are good for you, because they're a little bit discomforting right now, right? Oh, it's difficult to wake up early. Oh, I'd rather have the the McDonald's than the healthy food. Oh, I'd rather just spend a little bit more than I earned this month and, and just dip into my overdraft again and again and again. You're avoiding that discomfort in the moment. Well done. You feel good about yourself for 20 minutes. But the discomfort that comes down the line, and we see it, we see it in so many people we know, is debilitating. And it will be way less comfortable than just doing the thing right now. So that's the first cheery random thought. And I think my second one that I've been thinking about a lot recently is actually more positive. It's, it's, it's nicer, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. And it's essentially this idea that I've noticed recently, and it might just be because I spend too much time on the internet, that people are always looking upwards. 
when they compare themselves, right? We always look up when we try to compare ourselves. We look at the person with the, I don't know, the Rolex or the nice car or the massive house or the impossible to achieve body or the huge bank balance or the amazing lifestyle going on on holidays and posting on the private jets, right? We look at those people when we compare ourselves. And therefore, invariably, we feel terrible about ourselves, right? Because if you don't have the Rolex or the nice car or the massive house or the impossible to achieve body or the holidays or the private jets or the money or whatever else was in that list I just read, then you're going to realize that you are in some way in your mind a lesser person. You have been unable to achieve the outcomes that the person that you're selecting to look at has. And therefore, you're comparing yourself upwards. You're feeling bad. And then you get stuck in the cycle of thinking that you're not good enough. And guess what happens to people who think they're not good enough? They do less. And guess what happens to people who do less? They achieve less. And guess what happens to people who achieve less? They compare upwards and they feel terrible. It's this cycle and it's very difficult to break out of. But I have this theory, right? And it's, look, this is hardly my idea. I'm sure that people far more enlightened than me have said this in a far more articulate way. But it's sometimes useful, I believe, to compare down. And I'm careful when I say the word down because I don't say that as a value judgment. Far from it. I just think that all of us in this time right now, when we have phones in our pockets so we can look at the very best of people and we can tap into the the most exciting four seconds of somebody's week that they happen to post on an Instagram story and compare to that, we can forget how good we have it. And that's more important than just feeling good about yourself, right? If you forget how good you have it, it's very easy to become defeatist and to genuinely believe that you're really downtrodden and you're starting from kind of the basement of life and it's, it's really hard to claw yourself up and everything's against you so why even bother right and we see this in so many people we see people who adopt this attitude of the world is against them and everything is terrible and it's all everybody else's fault so why even bother and again we know what happens to those people we know what happens to people who decide not to bother they get nowhere and they become resentful and they become horrible people to be around and nobody really wants to spend time with them because they're always moaning about everybody else and they get nowhere in life. And again, it is this cycle. Whereas if you were to just stop, if everybody were to just stop and realize how good we have it right now in very real, tangible ways, ways that we didn't ask for, sure, because it's all happenstance, but very real, tangible ways nonetheless. So for example, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably wearing AirPods, right? Or driving a car. And you're doing that, I assume, looking at the listener numbers in the UK. And you're doing that in such a way where you're this free person who can do what they want with their time. And you're listening probably through a thousand pound phone, right? Which has internet connection. And then let's go a layer deeper, right? You were born at such a time, which means that you can be alive right now in 2023, where for all the folks of the world, it's very safe generally and health outcomes are hugely improved and hopefully your family is all still with you and around you and you have friends and you have connections and you can stay in touch with people on the other side of the planet. And it's not 1923, right? It's not a period in history where through complete chance and happenstance, you weren't born into a period where you need to go to war or struggle with some terrible, unbelievable, unimaginable thing that we can't even comprehend, right? You've won. You have literally won, even if, and statistically, there's going to be somebody listening to this who is genuinely having a shit time right now. And if I speak to that one person right now, I don't say all of this to make you feel bad about feeling bad right now. Like we all need to feel how we feel and each of our realities are different. But what I am saying is it's never useful to compare up 
whether you're having the best day of your life right now or the worst day of your life right now or anything in between, at none of those levels in any way is it ever helpful to look up and point to things that you don't have. Point to reasons why some other person's life, probably a stranger on the internet, is better, in quote marks, than yours. Why somebody is happier, again, in quote marks, than you. Why they have more. Why you have less. That's never helpful. Whether you are feeling on top of the world right now, or shit, never helpful. Whereas, I believe it's at least slightly empowering to realise all of the things that you do have. All of the obvious things from that list, plus all of the contextual things in your life right now that I don't know about, that I think you should spend at least 10 minutes today or this weekend thinking about, listing, writing down, appreciating, to realize that you're not starting from zero. You're not at zero right now. It might feel like it. It might be a relative zero compared to where you've been before, or you may have big ambitions and they may seem so distant and so impossible. Yes, that's valid. But that doesn't mean that you're starting from zero. You're starting in a country which, by fortune, you happen to live in, which is peaceful, which has public services, which has community around you, right? You have a phone, you have internet, you might have a car, you might have some money in your pocket. Like you have a lot relative to most people in the world. And that doesn't help you tangibly. I'm not suggesting that it's not like that fucking photoshopped Paris Hilton uh, t shirt where it's like, stop being poor. Like, obviously, that's not what I'm saying. And obviously, at the, the moments I used to speak on this podcast where there was like no food in the fridge or no food in the freezer and we couldn't afford to pay the internet, if somebody was like, yo, just remember you have a roof over your head, I'd be like, that's not very helpful. I'm not suggesting that it's tactically helpful. I'm just suggesting that if you can realize what you do have rather than compare upwards and look at what you don't, you're going to feel slightly better. Maybe not today, but at some point you will feel slightly better about all of the opportunities that you do have. And if you can reverse that negative cycle that we spoke about, if you can just feel a little bit better every day because you realize that even if the opportunities you have are small and even if they're difficult to come by and even if they're rare, they are there. And for literally billions of people with a B, billions of people, those opportunities are not there. Like there are billions of people alive right now who don't have internet access. Like we assume that internet access is the same thing as like oxygen in this country, right? So if you're listening to this, an MP3 file on the internet, you're doing okay. And I just think it's important to remember that we spend too much time looking upwards and comparing upwards. And then we're confused about why we feel terrible and why we don't think we're good enough and why we get into this negative feedback loop, which pushes us further and further down. If you were to just glance down at all of those who don't have what we have and realize that you've won the lottery essentially in where you're living right now and all of the things around you, I think that's just a better place to start from, if nothing else. So there's that. And I think that is all I have for this week. Uh, next week, like I say, is busy. I'm going to have three, maybe four podcast recordings with guests all going back to back to back. So essentially my evenings next week are non-existent. And then Saturday coming. So I've done this in a complete non-chronological order because I spoke about next week, but then this Saturday, as in Saturday coming, I'm going to try and chill out because I've got a very busy week next week. Sunday, I'm going to try and get one final run in before the Milton Keynes winter half marathon next week. And I think that is it. So thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a good week and I will see you back here this time next week for episode number 177 of Life and Lessons. See you then.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.